6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Over the past weekend, we saw a lot of nastiness on the campaign trail. We've been talking about that on the show today. There was a lot of yelling and screaming. And hey, you know what? Protesting is protesting. But, uh, you know, then there was it just... It went over the top. There were disgusting photos um, being displayed, disgusting words being used. And, and we really, truly have seen campaigns at all levels become uglier over the years. We talked about it, as I mentioned, off the top of the show. But you know what? There's a project underway examining the social media side of it. The Samara Center for Democracy, along with Aretta Labs here in Edmonton, has analyzed more than 350,000 comments sent to candidates on Twitter during the first week of the federal election campaign and it found more than a quarter of the tweets were considered to be toxic. Sabrina Dahani is the executive director of the Samara Center. She joins us now. Welcome to the show. Hi there. And nice to have you on the show this afternoon. Tell us about Sambot. Tell us about Sambot and the connection, the Edmonton connection and, and what it's doing. Sure. So Sambot is using machine learning to track toxic tweets received by political party leaders and incumbent candidates in the lead up to our federal election. And uh, this is building on previous work that our partners at Aretto Lab, a um, Edmonton te- uh, startup company, have done to track toxicity received by candidates in other elections. So they've looked at that circumstance in elections in Canada, the United States and New Zealand. So I'm guessing it's uh, you know, obviously would be looking at millions upon millions of tweets every single day. Um, you know, I think everybody has a different definition of toxicity. So how does Sambot define toxicity? Yeah, well, Sam can review millions of tweets and assess how toxic they are. Uh, it can make a prediction about the toxicity and give us information about the type of toxicity. So Sam has the capacity to distinguish between a rude comment to an identity attack uh, to a threat, even something sexually explicit, which unfortunately is, uh, is common in the data that we've been looking at. So it is on a scale then? Yeah, it, it is on a scale and a, a little more uh, a nuanced because sometimes uh, a tweet can have a lot of different dimensions to it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to capture here is uh, the sentiment behind it. You know what, Sabrina, anyone who's spent any time on Twitter knows that that place can be a bit of a dumpster fire at the best of times. So, um, you know, the next question might seem a little odd when I'm asking you why the need to track. But I think it goes more, it goes it goes further than just, you know, for the knowledge. It's, it's to, to be able to maybe look at solutions to changing things down the line. So the question is why the need to track? Why the need to do this? Yeah, well, people are leaving politics or they're not entering politics or they're steering clear of political conversation because of the toxicity online. It's a major barrier to civic engagement. And we feel the situation is getting worse and not better. So you can't change what you haven't measured. So Sam is serving as our toxic election thermometer. And elections are a period where uh, it's very common for there to be a high level of toxicity online. 
So we're making the most of this opportunity to collect data and increase public awareness about the problem uh, and help to guide some discussions about how we can mitigate the toxicity uh, of online political spaces and do so because it's important for our democracy. How bad has it been so far? I mean, some of the numbers are a little staggering, but uh, could you break it down for us? You bet. So, so far we've analyzed over half a million tweets and uh, one of our early findings as we're just, you know, approximately one week uh, into the campaign period is that women incumbents from the Liberal Party of Canada are facing the most toxicity. They are over five times more likely to receive toxic tweets compared to men in the same party. So this shows us a difference in just the day-to-day experience as a politician uh, in in their workload and also their sense of safety at work and this is for people within the same political party Um, and to note that the toxicity they receive uh, these women is generally sexist misogynistic uh, and has foul language Um, I can give you a sense of other findings as well if you like I would love that yeah So approximately 7% of what we've looked at so far is severely toxic. So those are uh, ones where you wouldn't engage, you'd scroll by, you feel unsafe, you might report. Uh, That number might sound small, but it it, it is actually 35,000 tweets, and that's really uh, directed at just a handful of candidates. Um, We've also found 20% of what we've looked at so far is in the mild to moderate level of toxicity. So something rude, maybe a little bit aggressive, you might engage, you might scroll past. This is actually where the damage to our democracy is most significant. If you're on the receiving end of these insidious messages, they are coming at you at a rate of dozens, hundreds, maybe even thousands a day. And as a candidate or a political staffer, Uh, naturally this is going to wear you down you Mm -hmm. know it's death by a thousand cuts and because these messages don't warrant the sender getting blocked they are just able to do uh do harm you know uh on an ongoing basis and there's not a lot of people who can handle that kind of abuse as part of their job as part of their commitment to public service and this ugliness really affects people it shapes their sense of who gets to be in the political arena um who gets to uh, have their voice heard and it's affecting civic engagement it results in people tuning out because they feel bored or they might feel intimidated mm-hmm. and so that is ultimately very uh, very bad for our democracy you know there, there are there are going to be some people out there saying hey if you're getting into public life if you're getting into public service you know if you can't handle the heat get out of the kitchen you know that that worn out old <laughs> old line Sabrina what do you say to those folks yeah well uh, you know, there is a, there is an element to that, right? If you're going to put yourself in the public eye, these are some of the expectations. Uh, but it's the variation in experience that I think is really important for us to uh, to be aware of. You know, we've already found a difference between male and female candidates in one party in particular. <laughs> so the call to be more resilient does vary in its application. You know, everyone is having to have a, a you know a, a different kind of thick skin. It's, it's not an equal expectation across the board. And, you know, we, we understand that, uh, you know, equity-deserving communities are, are bearing the brunt of online toxicity, whether they're in the public eye or not. And we also know that political parties have put a lot of effort into recruiting diverse candidates 
for the selection, their retention depends in large part on the conditions of work, which currently mm-hmm. uh, are, are not good. You know, I've always wondered uh, who has the time or the energy to sit there and and, uh, and troll away on, on Twitter and, um, you know, send toxic tweets and, and, and whatnot. Do we know anything? Uh, is, is Sam able to tell us anything about who's actually doing the sending? We are not tracking uh, any private information or or any identifying Mm. information about the sender. Our focus is really just on the impact and measuring the extent of it because even if you're active on social media, you really might not have a sense uh, of how how toxic it is. And we're not trying to shame people either. What we're trying to do is show the public how pervasive this problem is, how much harm it creates, and why it's important to fix it. Um, you know, this is about our democracy being as ro- robust and representative as possible. And, you know, if we go upstream and, you know, are wondering why aren't people voting or why aren't more people stepping into the political arena, this is a major reason why. And we'll be sharing data throughout the election on sambot.ca and ask people to keep up with Sam's journey on the digital campaign trail. Uh, you know, it's going to be fascinating to to see what uh, what Sam comes up with over the coming weeks as well. And so I'm guessing I'm guessing that you're able to adjust maybe the parameters of what Sam is looking at uh, compared from week one to let's say week four. That's right. So we'll be able to do some comparing and contrasting over the coming weeks. And we also have the capacity to adjust our tracking to respond to anything that might come up, whether that's a certain hashtag or an incident. So Sam can certainly be responsive. So we'll see uh, what, what we get over the coming weeks and look forward to sharing updates. So we're just monitoring it in early days right now, but certainly more to come. Uh, and I look forward to, to, to finding out more and, and, and chatting with you again in the weeks ahead. Sabrina, thank you so much for making the time for us this afternoon. My pleasure. Thank you so much.